everybody. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports episode number. Peter Klima, Chad Johnson, Jack Youngblood, and Mark Super Duper of the Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Mark Hebsher, and it's 10 cent beer day today on the podcast. <laughs> yes, if the Blue Jays can offer $5 beers to entice people to come out to the ballpark to see a lousy team, why can't I do the same to attract listeners to a good podcast? What's wrong with that? That's good marketing. Have a beer, and I'll throw 10 cents into the kitty. Hey, Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens won his 315th career game. Big honking deal. He's still the sixth best goalie in Habs history. But they're celebrating this guy like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I got news for you. Sliced bread wasn't even that great. (laughs) Now that I look back, it isn't. Should Morgan Riley be named captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs right now? as suggested by some influential Hall of Fame broadcaster. What do Canadians have to do in order to see B.B. Andreescu in the biggest match of her tennis life? 18 years old, Canadian, semifinals at India. What? Not on TSN? Not on Sportsnet? What? What? The Zone? Streaming service? Digital service? What? How much? Can Can I pay by the day? Should I not be able to say, I want to watch her match today. I want to pay for today. I'll pay for it today. If she's not scheduled tomorrow, I won't. And then if Saturday she's scheduled, then I'll pay for Saturday. What's the matter with that? A little a card. Yeah. What's wrong with that? But I digress. On Hockey Confidential, sponsored by Tide and Blades, another brawl in youth hockey, this time right in front of Ron McClain. wonder if he'll say anything about it on Hockey Night in Canada. It's all ahead, plus your Raptors recap. They won again last night. First, it's time for trivia brought to you by Pancha's Original Deli on Bathurst Street, north of the 401. Name the only three active NHL goalies with over 400 career wins. Wait a minute, Carey Price 315? Not even in the top three? No, he's not. Name me the three active NHL goalies with 400 or more career wins. The answer and a backstory later in the show. Trivia brought to you by Pancha's, the best deli bar none. Delicious sandwiches. Knishes, latkes, salads, all the great deli food you love, plus fabulous party trays for any occasion. Call Lauren at 416-636-1230 or go to pantsersoriginaldeli.com and tell them Hebsey sent you. I wish, Mike, I wish the Toronto Maple Leafs were fighting every day for their playoff lives. I kind of miss those days. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they not going to make the playoffs? Every shift is important. Now, hey, Freddie Anderson gives up five, six, 11 goals, gets pulled, comes back, gets pulled again, Leafs make a big comeback, means nothing. Nothing. Even in that third period, which was thrilling, exciting, fantastic, great, did it really matter if they came back and tied it or not? Was it a seminal point of the season? Was it the TSN turning point, even though the game wasn't on TSN? No, no, it wasn't. Because we know we're playing Boston in the first round. I've been saying this all along. I can't get up for the game the same way. I didn't feel heartbreak when they didn't score and came back from that 5 nothing deficit. I didn't. I felt it was exciting. It was great. It was thrilling. It would have been great if they would have tied it. But, but in the end, it didn't make a difference at all. No Dermot, no Gardner, no Hyman, no Kappen, and no You're not the same team. Freddie Anderson, a puddle of mud. A I, puddle of mud out there because he's got no defense in front of him. Why do you expect him? And so he's not confident out there. that he's got. He, now he's got to make every save and every rebound's got to be knocked over to the corner. He can't afford to make a mistake because look what he's got playing defense in front of him. But that's okay because the Leafs are going to play Boston in the first round. And I'm so I kind of wish these games had meaning, and I wish the Leafs were fighting for that final wild card, like Montreal right now. They're fighting tooth and nail every game. They're scoreboard watching. We're one. We're we're one point out. 
one point out of a the wild card spot. We've the, you know the other team has a game in hand, uh, Columbus, I think, in Carolina. But anyway, they're fighting for their lives. The Leafs are like, yeah, we're locked in. Yeah, what about six weeks? Yeah, yeah, no, second, we're going to play Boston. What about back in October? Yeah, no, we, we knew we were playing Boston. So the big question is, will this hurt the Leafs not having that intensity leading up to the playoffs? Like, can we just uh, turn a switch and suddenly be playoff ready? Well, you know that, Mike. It's, uh, that's <laughs> the easiest thing in the world. That's what they tell you. You can just flip a switch and right. you're playoff ready. Of course, you can't just turn it on and off. That's a that's one of those hack expressions, cliches they've been using for years. But Boston's coasting too, right? Like, um, well, Boston also has a lot of injuries as well. But but the thing is, Boston to me is still they're a one line team. You know, it's that Bergeron, um, Brad, Brad Marchand, and uh, and uh, Pasternak line, and and on defense it's Chara and Charlie McAvoy. And their goalie, Tuka Rask. So what are Leaf fans so afraid of? Well, like, afraid because history shows that they yeah. could, just can't beat Boston in the playoffs. They can't. They could beat them in the regular season, they could win, but they can't beat them in the playoffs. That's the whole thing. Babcock, I've gone over this before. Babcock cannot coach, has not proven that he can coach this team to playoff uh, success. He's got a, this year, he, he's got the horses. He needs the experience, right? And, but, you know, you've got... Um, you know, you've and you've got some other. I mean, every team's going to have injury issues, but just like the Raptors, you want to be at your absolute best. So that's why my suggestion is with Freddie Anderson, dude, give him a rest. Let Garrett. I don't care if Garrett Sparks. Do you think I care if he plays both games of a back to back? Oh God forbid! Oh no, they said the other night. Who was it? Does it Dave Poole? And somebody on said, Oh no, you you go right. You throw Freddie Anderson right back in there. But it's the way he said it. Just throw him right back in there, Mike. Do you know what NHL goaltender faced the most shots? Of all NHL goaltenders last season, I just I'll give you a guess. Freddie Anderson, right? <laughs> Frederick Anderson, the Great Dane. Right. At, at, now he hasn't played nearly as many games this year, and he won't. There's 11 games or 12 games to go. Sparks will probably play two or three of them, maybe whatever. But still, you want him at his best. You don't want him as a, a puddle of sweat like he's been the last couple of years in the playoffs. Well, I'm with you 100% on this, uh, the original premise that these games don't matter. And that, that 5 nothing, we were down 5 nothing, and I noticed I didn't, I wasn't angry. I wasn't going right. to go to Twitter and say, oh my God, you know, season's over. I didn't care. And That's then, well, right. I tuned back in. I think we left to watch like Oklahoma versus Brooklyn or something. And then uh, I tuned back in at 5-3 and I said, I said, James, there's a game, like seven minutes left, 5-3. Right. And it was great fun, it but was. I didn't care that we didn't finish the comeback right i was but, happy but we had tried they, but had they been <laughs> fighting for their playoff lives all right had that game meant something i mean you may not have turned on oklahoma city brooklyn you might have gone oh guys mm, because you know i got to see something that's going to give me some positive vibes for their next game where they're right. still fighting for their playoff lives and then the next game right because if you're playing philly tonight and you're playing ottawa tomorrow which the leafs are and you're fighting for your playoff lives and it's back to back now it's now they mean something Right. Now they mean something. What do you mean Kapanen's got a concussion? When's he going to be back? Is Kadri 100%? He didn't look that great the other day. He's only been back for a couple games. How long? How much longer for Gardner? Back spasms? You never know. Dermot, what about that shoulder? Can we rush him back early maybe? No. Don't need to. Not important. Playing Boston in the first round. That's all there is to it. Ping me when the real season starts. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I wish I hate to say it. They're in. They're playing Boston. I wish they were fighting for their playoff lives. I wish they were. Where every game is meaning something. Where my God, what happened? What happened to Carolina? Did they they lost? Yeah, beautiful. Ooh, we, let's look at our schedule. Oh, we got a game against them. Uh, that kind of a thing. There's not one game on the schedule until the first round of the playoffs in Boston, where you're looking for. You're, 
So, yeah. While we're at it, by the way, can we address this uh, alleged homophobic slur allegedly uh, uh, uttered by um, uh, future Captain Morgan Riley? Well, allegedly. And uh, the uncomfortable, awkward investigation and subsequent press conference held on an off day. Yeah, I really want your take on this. Because um, I'd like to know, what the hell was all this about? (laughs) Where did this all start? Hey, I'm pretty sure... You know, 16,000, 19,000 people at the game. I'm pretty sure I heard something from the ice level. It sounded it sounded like Morgan Riley's voice. What the hell is this? What's happened here? It, it, this is a, what happens with social media, right? Somebody tweets that, uh, oh, mo- here's a footage of Morgan Riley using a uh, homophobic slur. Listen carefully and you'll hear Morgan Riley's voice. Right. Disembodied voice. That sounds like his tenure. It sounds like his timber. That's his voice. We have voice recognition software. That's Morgan Riley who said that. What is but, this? But this is the nature of talk radio, too, is that God. this is their topic of the morning. And it, they don't. They do use the word allegedly, but everybody hears Morgan Riley used a homophobic slur, right? Yeah. So everyone gets riled up. Uh, riled up, be, that's good. I should like be, that. Right? Thank you. Accidentally. Uh, should be susp- By the way, Morgan, my daughter Morgan, turns three today. Happy birthday, Morgan. Happy birthday, Morgan. Speaking of of Morgans, great Morgans. So, uh, yeah, everybody's running with this story, like, guilty until proven innocent. And I'm sure today there's still Lee fans who think Riley's used the the F word, the other one. Can I ask you this question? Do you think less of Kevin Pillar uh, when you, you know, found out and you saw it happen when he uttered that slur uh, in that uh, the baseball game uh, a couple of years ago, I guess it was. Very, in Atlanta, in Atlanta. Very, very slightly. Like, I was sort of disappointed in him that that word's in his vocabulary to be called out in the heat of the moment. Right. Uh, yeah, so slightly, yes. Right. See, you know, and I wonder, and I wonder how many fans have given their hometown player who might have, you know, a, a, an indiscretion, drunk driving, I'm not going to, certainly sexual assault is a whole other thing, but something whereby you did something that mm, people have done, you didn't mean it, you apologized, you you chalk it up to heat of the moment. Like I say, sexual assault or whatever, that's not heat of the moment stuff. But saying something, like when you stub your toe and you drop the F-bomb, you didn't mean to say it, right? Well, you said the F-U word. uh, Yeah. That one, I think we're all okay with that one. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, I remember... And again, it was, you know, before political, the, when, when did political correctness actually start? It, you know, before they, the idea was this, is that to get a guy off his game in the NHL, you know, you're on the bench, you're the opposing team, you do a little chirping. And sometimes the chirping has certain words that you just would not use in public. You'd use them in the locker room. But of course, you can't do that now. And to get a guy off his game, like, what do you say? Hey, cut your hair? Hey, you can't say that about, that's, you know, that's okay because you're talking about someone's physical appearance, but it really isn't. You know, if you called the guy fatty or whatever, you know, hey, one eye. Right. If the guy had a glass eye. So really, what you used to be able to do, and it was all part of it. It was understood. It was trash talk. I mean, Larry Bird could get into Magic Johnson's face and say whatever he was going to say. It could have been a racist thing because he knew that Magic knew that he didn't mean it. He was just trying to get him off his game. Like he could have said something about his background or his upbringing or whatever that could have that someone could have interpreted uh, courtside as a racial slur. I just heard Larry Bird, a white guy, call Magic Johnson use use but, a part of the N word. But that never happened. That's a well. No, you don't okay. know that. But the point is this: okay. is it was understood that that was part of that little battle between the two of them, right? White men can't jump. You know stuff like you know what I mean. So if it was just between, but if someone else, like you said, someone else overheard that misinterpreted that or didn't understand the kind of relationship they had right 
Like, like they're going to stop saying, oh, by the way, I'm going to say something. Larry Bird goes, I'm going to say something right now. I don't want you folks to misinterpret this, but Magic and I have known each other for years, and this is how we get into each other's kitchens, right? Is it okay with the rest of you fans and the rest of the world if I do that? And if the answer is no, well. Uh, well, that's the thing. The answer is no. Yeah, I the answer is no, so no more. So it doesn't matter. It's right zero right. tolerance on uh, yeah. homophobic yeah. and racist. Or no, no, more, but more. It's not just homophobic and racist. It's anything that could be perceived to be offensive. No, no, no. I disagree. I think uh, it's because it's homophobic and racist that there's no tolerance. If it was just uh, sexist, so so, well, so, so homophobic, there, racist, so not. So what about to do with someone's physical appearance? That one I That's think okay? is okay. Yeah. It's okay. Right. What about like a disability? Fatty, for what about a disability? Yeah, disability is less okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going off topic. This here, is a but, tough all right, one. All right, never mind. Um, so anyway, so Morgan Riley, so he apologized for he didn't did he didn't apologize because he didn't say anything, but just the fact that they had to sit there and that Kyle Dubas had to say we went through an investigation in our company was just so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. But right after that, on Twitter, Hall of Famer Joe Bowen, former radio partner of mine when I did Leaf Games and has been doing it for since the year of the small potato, he tweets out. <laughs> That after that Riley fiasco, that Morgan Riley should be named Leaf captain immediately, uh, ostensibly because of the way he handled this this situation. Now I have never seen a captain, Mike, never ever named during the season. Uh, I've seen a captain, interim captain, when a guy gets stripped or gets traded, but I've never seen during the season a team with no captain go, okay, sixty-two games in, all right, you're the captain. I've never seen that. So that, that's ludicrous. Why would Bonesy want to do that? Well, because the okay, so we we got hammered by Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Hammered, and then we were down five nothing to uh, Chicago, Chicago, right? Yeah. And so at that point, I saw a lot of tweets like, "We need to have a captain because this is a time when a captain would pick." everybody up off the mat. Oh, really? And, right? Like, there was this these cries from Leafs Nation or whatever for a captain because we'd been hammered. At the time, it looked like we were going to be hammered twice in a row. Yeah. Where's the heart, right? Yeah. And I feel like in that spirit, maybe Bonesy's like, well, we need a captain. The fans want a captain. It should be Morgan Riley. Should it be Morgan Riley? What about Austin Matthews? What about John Tavares? Why do you make that decision now? And if, if, and, and never mind that, I'll call Joe out here. I mean, if you're going to say it should be Morgan Riley, are you, are you not saying at the same time it shouldn't be John Tavares or it shouldn't be Austin Matthews, that neither one of them are capable of doing what Morgan Riley does to quote unquote lift this team up off its bootstraps or whatever? Well, that's the interesting thing. Why would you choose one guy and say, well, why wouldn't you just say it's time the Leafs made a decision about a captain right now, right now? And I'm of the belief that if we're going to name a captain now, which we shouldn't, it should be Austin Matthews. Like, am I the only one who thinks that this is the heir apparent, the superstar? It should be Austin. It should be Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is sublime. Mitch Marner is... Mitch Marner, to me, leads by example by the way he plays the game. But also, he he keeps his temper pretty much in check. He's pretty even-keeled. Now, listen, having said that, Morgan Riley is. He's a wonderful player. I super, I, I like this guy, and I've been promoting him too. But to choose one guy, especially now in the day and age where a captain really doesn't mean anything, where you couldn't name me seven captains of NHL teams right now. No, that's true. It doesn't mean what it used to. You can to. do Ovechkin. You can do Crosby. You can do the easy ones, but you don't know. I don't know either. Jonathan Taves. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know who the captain of the Kings is. Is it uh, Drew Doughty? Is it, uh, one of those? I, I don't know. I don't know who the captain of the Rangers is. I don't know what captain of Carolina is. Stahl is one of Stahl's. Again, no. <laughs> the captain of the Leafs, we don't have one. What other, Boston, do they have a captain? It should be Bergeron. What about Chara? Oh, that's true. Okay, or Marchand. Anyway, there's my point about the C. I don't think the Leafs need to have a C. I don't think, even during the offseason, I don't think they have to. 
put undue pressure on one player by by anointing him the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I, I tell you what, it's not going to make any difference. If the Leafs don't beat Boston in the first round, you think people are oh, it's because they don't have a captain. Bull. Now, after that excruciating loss the other night, and it was because the Leafs came so close and had 30 shots on goal, John Tavares suggested the NHL should change the rules and go to a, a video review if the net is dislodged mm. from its moorings, as it was the other night by Hawks goalie Colin D'Elia. Now, this is a convenient move for a goaltender. He leans on the post with not a lot of pressure, I'm told, and, and just dislodges it, gets a whistle. Happens all the time. Now, that should be a penalty. In, that, fact, in fact, it should be a penalty shot. Oh, that wow. It should be a penalty shot. That, to me, is like closing your hand on the puck in the crease. Or throwing your stick when someone has a breakaway. Yeah, yeah. Right? Automatic penalty shot. Because in what other sport can you alter the equipment... Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, a, a, a baseball player can't kick the plate. Hey, that wasn't over the strike zone. I, like, boot the plate. You know, jazz like that. Um, I just, you know, what, I don't know. Like, what if, what if we're boxing and I said to the guy, I said, listen, make the ropes a little looser. So when I hit him against the ropes, he goes right through the ropes and falls. Like, I just, that's, that's goofing with the equipment. You, I, in basketball, if you even touch the rim, all about the, the, the goaltending, the, the, the basket counts. But in hockey... You can like, and surreptitiously, you can't even do it surreptitiously. There's cameras everywhere from every angle. We saw what you did there. It wasn't accidental. You knocked the post off. And you know why it's easy to knock those posts off, Mike? Because they made it easier so, to prevent concussions and different injuries. of people. There were some serious injuries. Serge Savard suffered a, a, a broken vertebrae, I do believe. Mark Howe. Uh, almost uh, lost his life. He, uh, I believe it was a, a kidney or something where, where he slid into the net. It didn't dislodge, and he, and he was impaled by the... You know, it used to be in the NHL nets, the back of the very back of the net. It was sort of rounded off in the middle, and there was like a, like a spear there almost. There was a sharp edge, you know, in, in the, you know, those er the earlier type of nets. <laughs> and then if you, the thing was, is they were drilled way down into there. The posts were, you know, three, four inches long, and you, and you really could not dislodge those nets. I mean, I, I, I don't remember. Look, I watched a lot of games when I was a kid. I don't remember that. But I don't remember nets being dislodged. I remember guys slamming into the nets and them not moving at all. Like, boom, don't be slamming into the net. Well, you know it, was like, it was like in the days when they had the uh, football goalposts, where the old-style ones, where you'd have two goalposts right on the field. A receiver would be going across the field. He'd catch the ball and boom, right into those goalposts, man. And they, were, they had padding, but still. Hepsi, I'm going to predict the future if they in, uh, implement your rule change that uh, goalies, will, they'll never be able to conclusively say a goalie did it on purpose because the goalies will be so good at just just nudging it right. with like their leg exactly. and it just will come off. Exactly. So, it, you know, you're going to have to do something. You're either going to you're going to have to put padding around the goal posts and crossbar so people don't get whacked with like, a, you know, a hunk of steel at a thousand miles an hour, Some, like they did with outfield walls eventually. Guys would run into outfield walls. Eventually, oh, yeah. someone said, you know, maybe we should pad these. Well, in the natural, a guy died, remember? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's, <laughs> a, that's the story of Pistol Pete Reeser. Pistol oh. Pete, Pete Reeser was an unbelievable center. My grandfather told me, uh, an amazing center fielder for the Brooklyn Dodgers. But he had this penchant of going after every ball like Kevin Pillar, and then some, and crashing into the wall, which was not padded in those days. And getting concussed. Like, they say that he was taken off the field seven times in his career on a stretcher. Seven times. Did they have a warning track back then? Yeah, they had warning tracks. I don't know what to, do. I, I don't know to what degree, but right. even so, he played the game. And remember, in those days, man, you know, if you know, your career didn't last that long, you he played all out. He didn't know any other. He played like Wendell Clark plays hockey. Right. 
all out every shift, every game. So he's crashing into walls. Some genius must have said, geez, you know, we've got to put some padding on these walls, you know. We've got to protect these guys. Same thing with hockey. So now if I'm a goalie and I can knock that thing off, I'll do it every single time. Every time. There should be a penalty shot. John Tavares is right. Leafs could have, Leafs could have tied that game. But it was a meaningless game, so what the heck. <laughs> as long as we're talking goalies, I'm worried that Freddie Anderson is going to end up being a puddle of sweat by the time the playoffs roll around. I've said this before. I'll say it again. He doesn't need to be starting all these meaningless games. He has to only be at his best for the playoffs. Remember last year in the playoffs? Freddie? Eh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Save percentage 3896. 3.76 goals against. Like a goal higher in the playoffs. You can't have that. Why? I told you. He faced more shots, made more saves than any other National Hockey League goaltender. He played 66 games. Okay? So, so 66 out of 82. That's 16 games he didn't play. Okay? Curtis McElhinney played the other ones. And then they let him go. Now you got Garrett Sparks. Now you're afraid to play him. Hey, I got news for you. Don't be afraid to play him. Play him. Play him now. Doesn't matter. Get him sharp. Give him some confidence out there. So, okay, Sparky, you're out there because Freddie just let four more in. What if he? What if he starts? He's going to start tonight, and Sparks is supposed to start in Ottawa. I might do it the other way around. I might give Sparky the start tonight, and let the. And if he does well, give him the start on Saturday. What do I care? What does Freddie need to be playing these games for? Not good for his confidence. Give him a rest. Everybody needs her. Maybe he's got a bit of the flu. Maybe he got too close to Zach Hyman, who got too close to somebody else that had the flu. I don't know, but come on, he's got to be at his absolute best, or we're, and we have no chance of beating Boston in the spring. None. I think that's absolutely true. He's the one guy that uh, you can't win without, Freddie Anderson. Nope. Tonight, the Hungry Flyers are in town, so they're fighting for that wild card spot. So they're, I think they're four back of Montreal, who's tied with Columbus, but Columbus has a game in hand, and Carolina's a couple more ahead of that. I mean, it's a battle. It's a big battle. You know what else? The Atlantic Division. That's a battle, too. You got Washington's only up a couple points on Pittsburgh, and you got, uh, um, who else is in there? I'm trying to think. But it, there's a good battle going on. Like some good teams. And whereas in our division, it's like, nope, oh, nope. Tampa one, Boston two, Toronto three, Montreal fighting for their playoff lives. Apparently, I, I don't know if it's still true, but we were, uh, I think three of the top four teams in the league are coming out of our division. Does yep. that sound about right? That's right. In the league. Yeah, the league. I know. Crazy. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's protect our investment. Okay. Freddie Anderson is as important to the Leafs, if not more so than Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's getting load management. Let's give Freddie Anderson some load management. Mr. Babcock coach, please give Sparky some time in the cage. Last thing you want is giving up another four spot in the first period at home. That's why I say start, start him on the road. Let Sparky start tonight. Because if, if the first shot on goal goes in against Freddie, if the Leafs are down 2 nothing to the Flyers, who are fighting for their playoff lives, every shift means something to this team, not to the Maple Leafs. And you've got a, a, a team that's weakened with injury. Don't start Freddie tonight. Don't do it. Because if, if you're down 2-0, oh, my God. Rest them. You don't need it. I'm not going to say anything more. You've, you sold me. All right. I'm also looking forward to seeing this Toronto Raptor team at uh, full strength when the playoffs hit next month, even without the injured Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, even without the childish yet talented Serge Ibaka on the suspended list, even with Pascal Siakam shooting a miserable 3 of 16. The men from the North lambasted LeBron and the Lakers 111-98 last night at the arena formerly known as the Air Canada Centre. It's just, I mentioned I mentioned that as Air Canada. My parents had an excellent experience on Air Canada, and like my dad's like, no, I'm not going any, no other, Air Canada, that's my... Sticking with Air Canada. <laughs> um, and the bank that, uh, that bank, we don't bank with that bank anyway. So 
so yeah, so it's a slow grind for the Raptors, like the Leafs until the end of the season. They know they they don't know who their playoff opponent's going to be. They know they're second. They're locked in for second. But that doesn't mean that Coach Nick Nurse uh, isn't getting the most out of his troops, whoever he's got. So yesterday he had to empty the bench because of the aforementioned uh, missing players: Lowry, Van Vliet, Ibaka, the idiot. Throwing punches. What does he think he is? Oh, what do you What do you think of that? Uh, what, what do I think of it? He, I, he's lucky to only get three games. He should have. Look, as soon as I saw it, I said, "Man, that's that's five games." I mean, he's a repeat offender. He's a nut. Okay, he's got to learn to control his temper. Seriously, if he was a hockey player, man, he'd be the one to. He'd be jumping over the bench, getting the instigator, dropping the gloves, pounding the guy into submission. Look, you get frustrated sometimes. A little shove. Okay, you got a technical for that. But don't get kicked out of the game. Don't start throwing haymakers. See the look on people's faces? At, look, when you see two guys that big wailing at each other, ten feet, you're 10 feet away. You're like, whoa, jeez. Could, somebody could get killed. You know, one, one punch. It could be all over. Um, so, yeah, so, so Nick Nurse has got to use like 12 guys, guys I've never heard of before, even. When did they get him? And, and, and you got Yeoman's work because Kawhi did play last night, 25 points, eight uh, rebounds, four assists. Norm Powell off the bench had 20 points and eight boards. And uh, like I said, uh, Siakam didn't have a good day shooting, but it's okay. Gasol did all right. But there was a good team effort by the Raptors who are in Detroit Sunday afternoon at four. Didn't we just play Detroit and get our asses kicked by Detroit? Aren't we worried that we're going to play Detroit 2-7 in the first round? We want Brooklyn, right? We don't want Detroit. Well, we don't want Dwayne Casey to have an no, axe that's to right. grind. But also, not, not just the <laughs> axe to grind. I mean, he's a good coach, and he's got a good team, and they're physical, and the Raptors aren't that physical. We got beat up by Detroit last time. Beat oh, Although, up. if we get Detroit, I really like the Raptors' chances in a seven-game series. Oh, I think so, too. But <laughs> I don't want to get beat up. Remember, too, if they win a first-round series, eventually you're going to have to play a team like Milwaukee probably in the next round or somebody like that. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, What's the expression I was going to use? It was a sexual one. You don't want to, you know what, you're, you know what, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Uh, and yeah, I can still remember that being a nightmare matchup for the Raptors. So, you know, if, 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 I, just, I don't want that matchup. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. I want Brooklyn, please. Uh, where do I start with your Toronto Blue Jays? First up, kudos to Keegan Matheson of Baseball Toronto. You should subscribe. It's, he's really good. Uh, he supplies uh, uh, excellent coverage from the Jays in Dunedin, and I expect all season long. And he does—he's not—he doesn't—he's not associated with any big media company. He's completely independent, and it's kind of amazing because you—you you have now, yeah. of course, the Athletic, which is throwing a bunch of money. It's into not the, the Athletic; it's the Athletic, <laughs> not the Athletics. No? It's not the Oakland Athletic. What are you early win? The <laughs> Oakland Athletics out there with that. The, no, the athletic. Ath- athletic. My apologies. Athletic. Extra syllable, just bonus for everybody. <laughs> but uh, Keegan's doing it. He's sleeping in his car. He's doing it. Not himself. sleeping in his car. No, he makes it seem Is that, that an way. urban legend. That was last year, I think. He slept in and him and uh, and the Jays pitcher, uh, Daniel Norris, used to sleep yeah, in, in his, his truck, van. Right? Yeah. In his van. But anyway, um, so what's happening is, and as you know, folks listening to this podcast, the media media is very different nowadays. Uh, TSN radio slashed many many jobs yesterday across the country: Vancouver, Ottawa. You know, people in Toronto are worried. I would listen. I would be worried in in this industry. All right. Uh, I don't recall when I was in the industry for for many years being seeing this many people this worried about losing their job, losing their livelihood, and having no recourse. In other words, oh, TSN's firing people. We'll just go over to Rogers. It's not that simple. It's it's very difficult. You know, when you're used to listening to people, used to watching people, and then finding out that. Uh, after many, many years with the company, the company said, okay, here's your package, whatever it is. You've been here 20 years, 25 years, 15 years. Off you go. Very, very difficult. So 
Well, well, Hebsey, as you said, it's not like you can cross the parking That's lot right. and go to the other guys. They're cutting too, so they're not yeah. hiring anybody. Although you got to be independent, you got to be independent. You got to have your own thing. And well, Keegan's look at doing you. The right I would thing. use you as a great example. Like you're a fantastic broadcaster. You're not affiliated with TSN. But you or know, Sportsnet. I didn't want to though. You know, if I wanted to, I could have gone after. But I, what would have been the point of going somewhere where I knew that the landscape was that you're on shaky ground? Who wants to say, "Yeah, I'm happy to"? See, the other thing is, yeah, Mike and listeners. Do you not find it to be odd that when people get blown out, and we'll use Bell Media as an example because they seem to be the most recent ones, that they always, when they tweet out or Facebook out that their career is over, they always thank the people that just fired their ass. They just thank them. It just seems, I would never. Hey, I just lost my job today, folks. Feeling really crummy. But thanks to the folks at Bell Media for making my nine years, 19 years, 27 years such a wonderful day. Bullshit. Don't do that, okay? I know it's part of the package. Part of the package, you can't say anything bad about your former employer. You can't, uh, you can't file suit against them. You, you, you waive them of any culpability, responsibility. You won't file any charges, blah, blah, blah. Wrong, none of that. They always get that. It's part of the package. Trust me, I know. You don't want to be part of that crap. So is that just to show that uh, they're not burning bridges? They, you can bring exactly. them back at some point? Right. No, no, but listen, or- but to me, you don't have to thank them. You just say nothing. You don't say those bastards at Bell Media, I hope they all rot in hell. You say nothing. This is why you I like- You say my colleagues. You say, I'd like to thank my uh, working with some great people. But you don't thank the people that just fired you, the corporate wigwags, the suits- you know, this is swine. why I like uh, independents like yourself because yeah. I, you know, no bullshit. Oh God! Can I say bullshit on Hebsey? Of course, course, you know you can. <laughs> you know you can. But yes, that's the thing. So I, I feel bad. Like I, a lot of people I know, uh, good, good friends. And the thing is, though, all of them will tell you mm-hmm. that the, the writing was on the wall. That they weren't shocked by this. That they knew someday it was going to happen. I think I had mentioned to you. Uh, I won't mention the fellow's name because he's still employed. But I uh, had a long conversation with him a long, long time ago now. It's been um, I, I, about a year and a half ago where there was a discussion of me maybe going over to radio, doing radio talk. And, um, you know, he said, listen, I'll be honest with you. He said, every time I go to work and I swipe my pass card, I wonder if it's going to work. Yeah. Now, how can you live like that? It's a terrible How way can to you live. every day go to work hoping that your pass card works, that you haven't been fired? Seeing your colleagues walking out with tears in their eyes and, and those... Um, you know, those those boxes, those you know boxes that with the handles on them that they give you to put your 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 coffee cup and your personal articles and make and then security escorts you out, making sure that you don't have anything. You don't have a company stapler there, do you? It's demeaning. Don't get it's humiliating. Yeah, it's, it, I feel bad, and I hope that everybody lands on their feet and does it and has a job in the media that they enjoy doing. And they're not a slave to some corporate master that's just going to turn around and go, "Okay, Bell, let's talk." Yeah, let's talk about you getting fired. You get fired. You get fired. Hey, Vancouver, you're going. Winnipeg, you're Ottawa. Hey. And the folks in Toronto, are they next? Is it going to be another one of our colleagues? Scott Ferguson. Yeah, the yesterday. updates are gone from <clears throat> TSN Radio, including Scott <clears throat> Ferguson. By who, the way, yeah. all, all the shifts now, like in Vancouver, yeah. they fired the morning team, David Pratt, and uh, I can't think of his partner's name. And what they did was they just added uh, an hour to everybody's shift. Oh, They're man. all four-hour on-air shifts. I got to tell you, a four-hour on-air shift, man, that's all, you better be paid a lot of money, and they're not being paid a lot. They're not being paid a lot. Before you move on to the on-field stuff of the Jays, uh, the announcement came out that uh, Scott MacArthur is the new Jays talk host because Mike Wilner is doing play-by-play, so he can't do Jays talk. Scotty got out. He got out of TSN radio. Right. But what 
do you think? Because this is something he you... saw the writing on the wall. He also knew that the one to four time slot's a dead slot. It's a dead slot, and the reason it's a dead slot is the stations don't promote it. There's lots of people listening. Trust me. There's tons. I've been on the four hundred one between one and four p.m. There's lots of cars out there, but I mean, you know, generally speaking, the station does not offer its best talent. In that time slot, well, it seems to be a talent. It seems to be for young people, for inexperienced that's be, people. I think for, that's because the money is spent on the morning a, drive and, and the afternoon, afternoon drive. drive. Right, double A time and, so and A time, sure. Usually it's a younger up and comer who will work for that kind of Not always. money. No, didn't always Not always, no. Okay. no. But that's, listen, that's past, you know, I don't do that anymore, Mike. I, I When I worked and I had talk radio shows, it was the only talk radio show on the station. But you used to right? host it wasn't Jay's part, talk. Like right, but the, it wasn't part of a station that had 24 hour sports talk. Where the producer, one producer says, hey, that's my guest. I've got him coming on at 3 o'clock. And the morning show producer says, not anymore, buddy. I got him. Mm. Got him early in the day. So if you think that what goes on at these stations is all lovey-dovey and all the producers love each other. No, they're fighting for the same guests. Okay, McCowan's producer is fighting with the morning. Not fighting with, but you know what I mean. They're, they want that guest. I know what that's about. I want that guest. It's a big day. I want Shannon. No, I want, I'm getting Shannon. I want Shapiro. I'm getting Shapiro. We can't have him on both, can we? Mr. Shapiro, would you go on Jeff Blair's show and go on Bob McCallum's show? You know, okay, I guess. I mean, the rights holder. That's where you get the redundancy, perhaps. You know, there's only certain guys. The other one is, is that, you know, if you're doing four hours, that means you've got, if you're TSN radio, you're doing four hours, you've got to in four hours have at least, I'm going to say at least six TSN quote-unquote personalities from across the country. Right. Hockey insider, football insider, local guy in Vancouver talking to Toronto. You've got to have that to, to sustain for your guests because you can't. I mean, if you're doing four hours, that's a lot of guests. So you got to use your own talent. You got Sportsnet's got to use all their Sportsnet people, right? And they do, right? Like, and they do. <laughs> and they do. We now, need more, more Hebsey. Back to the uh, back to the Jays. Um, so yeah, good good up Keegan Matheson, baseball Toronto, uh, and Keegan's a good follow on uh, Twitter as well. Vladdy Guerrero has been assigned to the Jays minor league camp. In other news, Vladdy Guerrero won't be playing until fill in the date. Late May. I think if he goes to the Jays minor league camp, it's like he just kind of flies under the radar. No camera. Maybe a distant camera. Is that him out there running the outfield? Is that him trying to lose a couple of pounds? Who knows? Um, but the good thing, the good news, is the Jays announced that they're going to serve $5 beers. They're going to offer $5 beers at the Rogers Center, but only at selected concession stands. Mike, I didn't understand this at first. Now I think it's just the dumbest thing. At first I went, hey, good, $5 beers. And then at selected stands. Oh, so it's 12 bucks here, regular price. But if you go on the, on the concourse to uh, section whatever, 114, where that really big, long, long, long lineup is that people have been waiting an inning and a half, that's where the $5 beers are. What, what's that about? It gets you in the ballpark, and then you realize, this is stupid. I'd rather play, pay 12 bucks and watch the game than stand in line for three innings and pay 5 bucks. So it's all about getting you in the ballpark. Yeah. The other one is, and this is, I heard this, and I can't confirm it, that you're, it's only one beer per person. What? Yeah, which like, no, it's got to be two. I mean, you've got to be able to buy two beer. Come on. But maybe it's just, you know, it's the same thing. It's like $5, one beer per person, only at one concession stand only. Like, why would you do that? Like, why would you say, you want the $5 beer? Which is Bud and Bud Light. Down there, right. way down there. Yeah, you see that lineup? Yeah, that's it. Now you get in line, you go, is this the lineup for the $5 beer? Yeah. And you look and you go, there's 100 people in front of me. 100 people and there's, and there's four people dispensing beer. And I heard $1 hot dogs on certain nights. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? On If you look at the Jays calendar this year, it's got... 
There's a bunch of them. I think Fridays, or it could be Tuesdays for all I know, is like $1. Oh, yeah, uh, Toonie Tuesdays or something like that. Looney, Looney Lundy and Tuni Tu and Tuni Mardi, something to that effect. Uh, anyway, so yeah, so here's what happens yesterday. Listen to this, uh, and and the five dollar beer has something to do with this too, because there's been all this talk of the Toronto fans are very you know subdued, not like New York fans. Is this what you want? You want to be serving five dollar beers so that fans get rowdy and start swearing and maybe homophobic slurs or racist slurs because they're drunk because they're because they got five dollar beers in them. And remember, these are the people from Cleveland, Shapiro, Atkins. Cleveland was famous for having 10-cent beer night back in the 70s. They had riots. They had to forfeit a game. Is this what you want? Is that when they uh, had the riot because of the disco? They were burning. No, that was in Chicago. That was disco demolition night at Comiskey Park. Was that also 10-cent beer night? No, no, no. That was between games of a doubleheader on a hot, hot, hot weekend. That would have been around 70, I'm going to say in late 70s. Southside Chicago, hot, like 100 degrees, doubleheader. And between games of the doubleheader, a disc jockey in Chicago named Steve Dahl, a famous disc, uh, disc jockey, was a rock and roll DJ on the loop in Chicago, I think it was. And they hated disco. So this has been about 77. And he said, and they had disco, I don't know, Bill Veck was the owner, and he said, let's have a disco demolition. They said, and Bill Veck went, oh, whatever that is, okay. <laughs> and what they did was they brought these disco records, which were the 12-inch singles, and they're breaking them and burning them on the field. They're smashing them and burning them. And pretty soon, people are jumping out of the stands, right? And, like, torching all these disco records between games of a doubleheader. They had to forfeit the second game at Comiskey Pack. Legendary. But I'm sure there was m- much beer was consumed. Much, much beer. Because in a doubleheader, in those situations, they didn't stop serving beer, you know, in the eighth inning of the first game. You keep serving it and serve it through between games of the doubleheader. So by the time the second game of the doubleheader starts, half the crowd is sloshed. <laughs> so that's what happened there. But anyway, $5 beer night, come on. Is this really, is this why you're going to draw more fans? You've already taken the press box, moved it down the left field line for the media uh, so that you can sell these, you know, primo seats. And now you're going to offer $5 beers as well. It's going to be a different kind of a crowd. I want people that like baseball, not that just like cheap alcohol. They'll come back when the team is good. Speaking of aggression, a loud verbal scrap yesterday between former Astros teammates Ken Giles and David Paulino, who are now with the Blue Jays. And Paulino is trying to make the team as a reliever, but he refused to take part in fielding drills yesterday. Simple fielding drills. Refused to take part. He got lit up the day before. So Giles confronted Paulino and dropped several F-bombs in showing his displeasure as uh, Paulino's lack of commitment. All this while the Jeff Blair, Stephen Brunt radio show was going on on the fan right there at the field. So it's like, oh, Brunt, what about, what, what, what's going on down there? And then you hear, like, I don't know if it was audible, I didn't listen to the audio, but they were like, they were giving a blow-by-blow description on their radio show of verbal jousting with Ken Giles doing all the punching verbally and uh, Paulino taking it. Um and I just thought, well, okay, happens. Well, Brunt knows his boxing. Right. It happens. Happens all the time. Now, if it happened during the regular season, that might be another story. But if one guy's trying to make the team and the other guy doesn't seem to be that interested and he's questioning his commitment and it's Ken Giles. I had actually tweeted to Keegan Matheson. Um, I don't know if you're aware of the first King Crimson album. It's called In the Court of the Crimson King. Very hard rock. Very progressive. Very, very hard rock. There's a song called 21st Century Schizoid Man which is a pretty famous song. And the drummer for King Crimson is a guy named Michael Giles. And he's a hard hitter. You know what I mean? He's a hard hitter. And I'm wondering if Ken Giles would be related to Michael Giles from King Crimson just because he looks like the same kind, has the same aggressive tendencies. 
So I asked Keegan, I said, you know, if, you, if, if it comes up in conversation with Ken Giles, not that he would know or care about a band that started in 1968, legendary band, but, well, but that would be, to me, it would be, it, it would be wild if he said, yeah, Michael Giles, he's like my great uncle. I'd go, really? Because he's really aggressive on the drums and you're kind of that way. <laughs> remember, you, he punched himself, remember? Keegan he, could be like a Hebsey on sports correspondent. Yeah, yeah. We'd have, to, we'd have to pay him, though. He gets the media pass. Actually, no, no, we're not, we'd have to pay him because we're directing people to his uh, to, to, to baseball, uh, baseball Toronto. Right. Subscription service. Anyway, there you go. Um, okay, we've, we've given Keegan plenty of applauds here. Uh, so a good, high-strung pitcher like Ken Giles on your team, great. Guy who punched himself in the face a few years ago getting pulled from a game. Wow. Now he confronts Polino. Beautiful. I love it. Marcus Stroman, apparently, this is the funniest part. Marcus Stroman had to step in to play Peacemaker. Now, this is the same Marcus Stroman who pulled off one of the most bizarre plays I have ever seen. I don't know if you caught this one or not, but you know the rules of baseball at any level. Pop up to the infield. What does the pitcher do? Um, Gets the hell out of yeah, the way. Someone else called Right? It, yeah. Gets out of the way. Yeah. Call, you know, maybe he sees the second base. You've got it. What does the pitcher never, ever, 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 ever do? Even if he's a gold glove, major league gold glover. He doesn't call for it. He does not go after a pop-up to the infield. Unless it's a short one that only he's going to catch, right? Unless one of those little bloops like duck snorts that falls right in your lap. But you don't, but, but Marcus Stroman, the other day, he got Kevin Biggio, Kevin Biggio playing second base. Pop-up to the infield. <clears throat> not a sky high pop, but a pretty good pop-up. Marcus Stroman backpedals 50 or 60 feet backpedaling. I'm serious. Calling for the pop-up. You got four infielders within 15 feet of him, and he's calling for a pop-up by backpedaling, and he loses it and bumps into Kevin Biggio, and the ball falls. And I thought, this is the same guy who injured his knee during a bunt drill a few years ago. This is a very animated, very high-intensity guy. What makes him think? In spring, look, in game seven of the World Series, like, you know, it's like in the movie The Bad News Bears, Kelly Leak, okay, where Walter Matthau says to him, listen, anything hit anywhere in the outfield, you take it. Right. And he's playing left field. Or no, he's playing center field. So he just covers the entire outfield. You know, the left fielder's waiting for the ball. He jumps, runs in front of him. Doesn't say anything like that. That's right. what this was like. Like Marcus Stroman thought, I'm playing for the Blue Jays. I've got a bunch of uh, uh, kids playing. This Biggio guy doesn't know how to catch a pop-up. I'm, I'm going to take it. Like, what was that? I've never, I've honestly, I've never seen that. I've watched a lot of baseball, spring training, whatever. I've never seen a pitcher go backwards, run backwards. F seriously. That would be unacceptable feet. in a high school game. Yeah. in uh, anywhere to, and, and to the skin of the infield dirt to catch a pop-up that the, that the second baseman would have had to walk in a foot and a half to, to play. Just amazing. Like ridiculous. What the heck was he thinking? Get out of the way. Yeah. Uh, new baseball rules. I mean, they're gonna let's wait till they come into effect before we jump all over it. Because I, the pitch clock thing. Apparently, Joe Biagini would he would get called every single time. <clears throat> That's it. Sorry, didn't release the pitch in time. So I'm, you know, let's see how that works because they've tried that. And then starting next year, I guess there's it's going to be the um, first of all, no trade deadline, no August trade deadline, none of that. One trade deadline, one July thirty first or whatever it is. One trade deadline. Uh, and the other one was uh, now a pitcher can't just come in and face one batter. That, I think, starts next season, 2020. So let's wait and see how the games go before we pass judgment on these rules, which look on paper to be, oh, that's going to be tough to enforce. Let's just see how it happens. Because you remember when the NHL decided they were going to clamp down on the rules with the, the, the neutral zone trap and the left-wing lock and holding the stick and interference and you know, all that stuff? That didn't last very long at all. Not at all.
So it's been quite a week for Canadian tennis, huh? And the highlight uh, might have been when 19-year-old Denny Shapovalov won his third-round match and then did a little hip-hop rap for the fans at Indian Wells during his on-court interview at match's end. Now, I'm looking at this going, wow, he just won the tournament. He just did what the Carolina Hurricanes do. After the win, after the victory, little celebration, little rappy rap, little have a little bit of fun. I'm 19. Yo, 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 yo. But it wasn't a home crowd. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The crowd was rooting for him. They, they wanted him to win that match. I don't forget who he played, but they all wanted him to win because he's a good looking guy. He speaks English. He's Canadian. He's whatever, you know, he's got some flair to him. He goes for it. But I'm sorry, young fella. Don't be rapping. Don't be, you know, and don't be, oh, yo, and we'll see you Thursday. By the way, it was Wednesday. He even got the day wrong when he was supposed to play. He thought he was playing two days later. He was playing the next day. And he wasn't ready the next day. Is it okay to rap if, they, if you just won the tournament? Like, uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be okay. He was the 24th seed. He's in a fourth-round match against the 67th-ranked Hubert Hercatch of Poland. Never heard of him? He's never heard of you either. <laughs> Instead, what does he do? He loses in three sets. And, and he lost the first set in a tiebreaker, Shapovalov. He came back and won the second set 6-2. Broke him twice. And then crapped all over himself in the third set. So maybe if he would have spent more time preparing for his next match and less time making up the words to his oh. rap song, now, if he, he might won. be playing Roger Federer <laughs> today instead of uh, uh, Hubert Hercatch playing Federer. It's Hercatch and Federer today. It should be Shapovalov and Federer today. What did he have to do this for? What if I'm, he not, look, I, I'm exaggerating to, to a point. Obviously, yeah. uh, that, I mean, to say, you know, uh, um, that he, that, had he not rapped, he would have won. It just seems to me this sort of, there's a lapse in concentration and there's a time for it. And there's a time where you've got to be focused on your next match, which he, either he thought was a couple of days away, he had a little time to relax. He didn't have any time to relax. He just won. You got another match tomorrow, buddy, in 24 <laughs> hours. Instead, I got to go to my phone. I got to record myself. I got to get the lyrics to my rap. Because the, the courtside on-court reporter said, well, you said if you won this match, you would do a rap. So he goes, okay, I'll do it. Why didn't he just say to her, if I win the tournament, then I'll do the rap. But it would be disrespectful to my opponent and everything else. And I wouldn't be focused on my next match if I did it. Okay, I'll do a rap. Hence, I don't like this take. Too bad. <laughs> he lost. He should have won. He lost to a 67th ranked guy. How can we take him seriously as a top player if he can't get past the third round because he's doing kid stuff? That's it. Meanwhile, Milos Raonic, veteran, 28 years old, did not rap after his fourth-round victory. Okay? He had a straight sets win. And on the distaff side, Bibi Andreescu gets a semifinal matchup with Elena Svitolina of Ukraine. She's the number six seed in the tournament. And our friend uh, Bibi from uh, uh, Mississauga is uh, unseated. If you want to see the match, it's not on TSN. You're out of luck. Why, no why is it not on channel, TSN? Because TSN does not own the rights to the WTA in Canada, mm. the uh, Women's Tennis Association. Those rights are owned by DAZN. And you've got, and by the way, DAZN just hired Adnan Verk. I saw that. I thought now, of you. Adnan Verk, as we had talked about before, had a very uh, messy uh, situation with the SPN. They fired him. They had evidence against him. And then they just announced that uh, they agree, both sides agree not to litigate, that there's been a, an agreement that uh, he will not be paid for the rest of his contract, but he immediately signed a deal with the zone as their baseball, the head of their, their baseball guy, because the zone just signed a three-year contract with major league baseball where they can do live cut-ins. You go to the zone and they'll do live cut-ins of other games. And the host is going to be Adnan Verk. 
good for Adnan. Isn't that great? To get good back him. in the game. And good it sounds him. like you need to get, and maybe you already have it to zone. You I have it. Okay. Oh, yeah. I paid for it for it. a year. Good. Because what's going to happen, folks, by net, first of all, the zone has Champions League games. It has tennis. But starting next year, it's going to have all soccer. TSN and Sportsnet will have no soccer at all. No, I mean, no soccer. They're not going to have the English Premier League or anything. Well, I mean, they could, they might have some low level stuff. MLS they'll have, of course. That's all I watch. Right. Until the World Cup. Um, but all that, st- all that other stuff is going to be the zone. All of it. So if you want to see B, uh, BB Andreescu, uh, go to the Z- zone D A Z N, and you can uh, you can do uh, a la carte. You can pay for one day. You can you can buy it for one day and watch her. Um, there's little packages. I, I, I'm I'm on board for the year. I think it cost me 119 dollars for the whole year. I get it on all my devices. Love it. Ten bucks a month. Love it. So worth it. It's the way of the future. The digital uh, digital platform to zone. Fantastic. And if you missed the game, you can you can watch the replay. They've got, you know, all those channels. It's like Howard Stern's channel. You missed Howard Stern live, you get here's Howard 100, Howard 101 all day long. That's that's what it should be because, you know, we're just, even though it's live sports, a lot of people can't, especially if it's in a different time zone and it affects your schedule, your work or whatever, you can't watch it. You come home, you say to people, you don't watch social media, you don't pay attention, you tell people not to call you. Guess what happened in the game? Shh, quiet. And you watch it at your own pace. All right, Carey Price won his 315th career game, the most ever by a Montreal Canadiens goalie, surpassing Jacques Plante. And they made a big deal about this in Montreal. Oh, Carey's the best. In Carey, we trust. The price is right, blah, blah, blah. He's won zero Stanley Cups. He's never taken them to the Stanley Cup finals. But he's got 315 career wins, which is like, I don't know, like being the world's tallest midget. Like, so what? (laughs) Right. The number is an insignificant number. Does anyone know how many wins Martin Brodeur finished with? No, it's not like baseball. Cy Young, 511 wins, a 20-win season. It doesn't work with hockey goalies. Nobody goes, this guy had the most wins in one season. No, they want to know how many Stanley Cups you won. Well, pretty much, but number of wins means nothing, and it means even less now, okay, with, you know, uh, shootout losses. But back in the day, there were wins, there were losses, and there were ties, and Jacques Plante had 314 wins, I forget how many losses, and 107 ties. All right, no overtime in those days. Game ended in regulation, a tie in the regular season. So let's say half of those 107, let's just say half, would have been wins and half losses, even though Plant played on teams that were better than 500. Let's say half. So another 48. Yeah. Right? No, what am I saying? Another, uh, another 50, 53, 54 wins. And let's add 53 or 54 more just for fun. And then say, okay, Carey Price is still a ways away. <laughs> But this big deal about, oh, Carey Price, the wonderful, the great Carey. And he is. He's a great goalie. But he's the sixth best goalie in Montreal Canadiens history, as far as I'm concerned. Sixth best. I still like Steve Penny better. <laughs> Come on, seriously. No, you're absolutely Who's right. the best goalie of all of- time for the Habs? Of all time. I mean, you, I never Ken saw. Ken Dryden. Ken Dryden, Jacques Plante, Patrick Waugh. How about, there's top, boom, 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 you right there. What? I'm changing my answer, Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh, Ken Dryden, Jacques Plante. Yeah. Take your pick. Numerous Vesna trophies. Oh, by the way. George Vesna, better goalie than Carey Price. What about Gump Worsley? No. Gump Worsley played the majority of his career, actually, with the Rangers. He played some years with Montreal. But how about, uh, oh, I don't know, George Hainsworth? Two Stanley Cups, three Vesna trophies. So there's, so there's Vesna, Hainsworth, Patrick Roy, Ken Dryden, right? And Jacques Plante. And then Carey Price. How's that? So, but instead, Montreal, oh, 315 wins, surpassing Joe. Way to go. Good for you. Here's a, 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 sorry. This is all Montreal fans have. <laughs> they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They may not get into the playoffs. You know, do I feel for them? No. 
No, I don't. I wish they had a baseball team. And their hockey team has had much success over the years. But now, just to see fans go nuts now if they make it into the playoffs. Back in the day, are you kidding? If you didn't win the Stanley Cup, it was a bad season for Montreal. People wouldn't even talk to the players. Wouldn't even talk to them. So it's a totally different animal. A totally different animal. Carey Price has not won a Stanley Cup. Carey Price has not taken the Montreal Canadiens to the Stanley Cup Finals. And Terry Carey Price does that. He cannot be considered in the top six of Montreal Canadiens goaltenders. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. It's a meaningless number. Our trivia question brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. Name the only three active goalies in the NHL with over 400 career victories. Mike? Okay, I think for sure, uh, Roberto Luongo. Correct. Number one at 485. Do you know his first season was 1999? I know, yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Bobby Lou, 485, number one amongst active goalies. Of course, Martin Brodeur is number one forever with 680-something, like, ridiculous number. The other name that jumps to me is, I think, Marc-Andre Fleury could be at that number. Marc-Andre Fleury is third with 438 wins. Okay, Who's in between them? I'm going to just throw a name. I'm not too sure. Uh, Jonathan Quick. No, Jonathan so. Quick is very uh, excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent guest. By the way, Jonathan Quick, 306 career wins with two Stanley Cups. He's better than Carey Price. Nine but but less- Carey Price did have international success That's with true. Team Canada. Didn't Johnny Quick have some international success too? But not uh, to the level of playing those gold medal games. Uh, I just, okay, yeah. Right. So did the one go, I think. But All yeah. Right. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist, oh, yeah. 449 wins with the Rangers. So that's all with the Rangers, 449. I mean, Kerry's got 315 with Montreal, and that's impressive. But Johnny Quick, 306 with the LA Kings and two cups. Lundqvist, no Stanley Cups. Tony Esposito, 413 wins with the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think five with the Montreal Canadiens. No Stanley Cups. But also 148 ties. So this is where I have trouble with these stats. It's similar to when Jim Tomey set the record for most postseason home runs. And he, uh, that, and he beat Mickey Mantle out. I said, wait a second, but when Mantle played, there was only one, there was only one postseason series, and that was the World Series. There was no play- championship series. There was no divisional series. There was no wild card. So he had m- much less, much, he fewer, had fewer opportunities. Oppor- thank you, fewer opportunities <laughs> to hit a postseason home run. I think if you were to take it by average per game, but even so, to say, oh, Jim Tomey is now more extra base hits in the postseason than anyone else. Yeah, he played in a bunch of uh, wild card games. He played in some divisional series. This is not the same. So you have to separate World Series from postseason. And that way, you should also have to separate Stanley Cup Finals and NBA Finals with the rest of the postseason, the previous rounds. And this is where it gets kind of muddled, and I'm not crazy about it at all. But that's the way it is. And uh, Carey Price, uh, 315, good for you. But the three, the three ones I'm most impressed with, Roberto Luongo, 485, Henrik Lundqvist, 449, Marc-Andre Fleury, 438, the only three active goalies with more than four underwinds. You know that Chicago the other night was here. They had Cam Ward and Corey Crawford, both of whom were right up there too. Like, they've played a lot. Like Corey, these both guys, have, I think they're both well into the 300 victory uh, numbers. So you got some goalies that have been around for a while. Staying with one team, that's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. All right, so our trivia question brought to you by Panthers Original Deli. And now, that sound means it's time for Hockey Confidential, brought to you by Titan Blades. Do you know that a good skate sharpener can change your blades so you can make sharper turns and accelerate faster? It's true. For a limited time, Titan Blades will give you a whopping 20% off your order if you use the promo code HEBSY20 upon checkout. 20% off those black mirror finishes that regularly go for $149.99. Those are the ones Gino Malkin uses for the Penguins 
Did he not just score his 1,000th point, Gino Malkin, on Titan Blades? You want to be like Gino Malkin? You want to have the money that Gino Malkin has? You want to be able to skate like Gino Malkin? You've got to start with the blades, man. It's got to be the Titan Blades. Uh, and get 20% off the uh, regular stainless steel blades as well. They retail for $99.99, so you can get them for like 80 bucks. And the ones that uh, Gino Malkin and Sidney Crosby use, regularly $150, take 20% off. I can't do the math for you. Uh, go to TitanBlades.com, use the promo code HEBSY20. Dateline Mississauga, or as Walter Cronkite once said when there was a train derailment, Mississauga. Mississauga, Ontario, West Toronto. It's Mississauga. Peel Regional Police are investigating after an on-ice brawl between two First Nations teams participating in a youth hockey tournament in Mississauga. A fight broke out between players of the uh, Kadawa Piskiak Midgets, I apologize for the pronunciation, and the Long Lake Generals following the conclusion of their playoff game at, uh, at the Little Native Hockey League. That's the LNHL. Little NHL. Ron McLean was there in Mississauga presenting awards. Uh, at this tournament. Now, this is one of many tournaments that go on during the March break. Uh, several videos posted on social media, and I saw, and I did not like what I saw at all, show two members of the generals becoming involved in an altercation with one player from the uh, Katawa Wapsiak uh, Midgets team. Officials attempt to break up the fight as more players from both teams uh, are involved, and uh, two players from the Long Lake team swarm the Katawa Wapsiak player. At this point, officials step back. Officials step back as more players join in the fray. Where was security here? Was there any security here? Is this common stuff? I'm not going to point the finger at First Nations people, but just generally speaking, is this loud? Members of another youth hockey team can be seen banging their fists on the glass and egging on the combatants from the other side of the boards. Jeez, where would they get this from, Mike? TV? When you see those idiots... At NHL games and those $500 seats banging on the glass? Is that where they get that? Where they see guys dropping the gloves? Maybe they saw Milan Lucic go into it. And the highlights that I saw in all the stations, the nice line. Believe me, I'm not one to say when I was on Sportsline, we would run as many fights as we could. Sure. As many as we could. Wendell versus Probert. Whatever it was. <laughs> so, you know, I understand that kids emulate what they see on television. And these kids went a little overboard and so did the parents and the adults. What do you expect? They see it on TV. Guy gets two minutes, five minutes. I think I'll do this. Maybe I'll get two minutes, five minutes. Eventually, several adults emerge, and while some appear to be trying to break up the fight, one individual can be seen picking up a hockey stick and swinging it at several players. These are 14, 15-year-olds. The fighting eventually subsides. As players mill about, they can be seen exchanging handshakes and congratulations before making their way off the ice. So what? Always forgotten? Everything's cool? No charges have been laid by Peel Regional Police, but they are investigating. A statement from the Little Native Hockey League, L, the Little NHL, called the incident, quote, regrettable and most unfortunate. The LNHL four pillars are sportsmanship, citizenship, education, and respect, read the statement. We can assure you that the LNHL executive is taking this matter extremely seriously and will be meeting to further discuss disciplinary action. Mike, what disciplinary action should be meted out here? How old are these kids again? 14, 15 year olds. 14, Midges. 15. Oh, that you got to, yeah, you, you got to have a zero tolerance on well, What's 14. that mean? But what's that mean, a zero tolerance? Not allowed back in the tournament? Just, banned from the tournament? Banned the tournament, from? Tournament. Uh, season. Really? Yeah. Okay. But again, I'm lacking a, what? Pers- a, frame, of, like a frame of reference. Like I need to, I'm not familiar well, no, no, no. with this level as okay. a house league dad. So in a house league 14 dad. 14 and 15-year-olds <laughs> getting season. involved in a fight in, it, at like, any level of hockey. I, I don't. I think it needs to be zero tolerance. I agree. But, uh, I agree. Yeah. 
I think everyone involved has to be, there has to be suspensions. They have to be suspended. The entire operations, both teams, right? No fighting. I mean, do, do we teach kids to turn the other cheek or, or do we say, well, that's what the professionals do on TV. That's what the top juniors push, do. Pushtani. How do you say the word? Pushtani? Piastani, Czechoslovakia, 87. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can't, listen, if you're going to, the only way to do this is to have zero tolerance at the highest level and kids should emulate their heroes. And if their heroes are inclined to drop the gloves and chuck the knuckles and all the sports casts and we love it. Look at this. There is not one. I guarantee you not one producer of any of the late night highlight shows or early day highlight shows anywhere that says, no, nope, don't show that fight. Show it. That's what we want to see, especially if it's a boring game back and forth. Show us a fight. We're used to seeing it. And now you're, look, we used to do it like, and now here's your, it was obligatory. We're like, well, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. How could you have a highlight package without And we a fight? loved it, right? Don loved Cherry it. would package that up in a rock'em, sock'em, and he'd go crazy. The Hebsey Awards lived for many years because of great fights. Yes. So you can't have it both ways. People do not turn but away when there's a fight. 14 right. and 15-year-olds playing uh, is different than the NHL. Look, in amateur hockey, I don't care what level of amateur hockey. It's amateur hockey. It should, uh, it should be all across. Are you governed by the CAHA? Are there international rules when it comes to this? Are there, and I don't know. In this particular jurisdiction where the little NHL is, I don't know what the local rules are. I don't know if people are allowed to walk on the ice with impunity. I don't know if the officials are um, in a position where they can uh, hand out uh, justice more than a two-minute penalty or a five-minute penalty. I don't know. I'm not aware. But you can't, you can't do this. This is a, this is a tournament uh, that's been run for many years in Mississauga. Uh, these are, you know, kids on their March break. You're supposed to be setting an example. You're a traveling team. What the hell is this? And and for the cops to come and start investigating, oh, no one was hurt. I, I guarantee you, the cops are going to like, okay, just get out of here. Like, you know, go when you go home, go back to your jurisdiction, leave Mississauga because you're only here for the tournament, right? You're not residents here. And, and let your, let the local uh, constabulary uh, look after it. Right? In other words, you know, you guys aren't part of the Mississauga Hockey League. You're not going to be playing here next Saturday in, you know, with, with the reps. You're, you're gone. So off you go. So I bet you that there's no charges laid because, like, just get out of here. Leave. And then go back to the First Nations. And, and, then, and then maybe you'll deal with it up there or we won't have to hear about it. That's sad to say, but there are different uh, rules in different jurisdictions, I guess. Just thought it was terrible. And I saw the video. I'm like, what's going on here? Someone's got to be held accountable. And... Maybe, you know, I'll try to follow up on the story. I hate to do this like a bummer kind of a story. I shouldn't, you know, there should be uplifting story. Aren't there some good uplifting hockey stories? What about the kids that have been going around, you know, uh, raising money for their, you know, their local hockey associations, bake sales, chocolate bars, those kind of kids. Those are the kids I want to see coming to my door. Not a guy with a black eye, bloody nose. What happened to you? I got into a fight. What? Yeah, an adult came on the ice, was swinging a stick. Six guys attacked me. What? What? We got to find out, like, who's the next you know, the next one, the next uh, Connor McDavid out there in minor hockey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've, uh, we've had a hell of a show here, but uh, <laughs> Hockey Confidential brought to you by Titan Blades. Skate faster, turn sharper, accelerate quicker, and get 20% off if you use the promo code HEBSY20 on your next purchase. Go to TitanBlades.com, T-Y-D-A-N, Blades.com, and get skating, all right? Patronize our sponsors. Really, we appreciate it. That's it for episode Ocho Cinco of Hebsy on Sports. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, right. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Thanks to you for listening, and thanks to those of you who bought my book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard of. You can get it by going to Amazon or Indigo or your favorite bookseller. 
If you've read it, please share your view, your views, and your review on Amazon because it makes a huge difference and could get me bumped up into the best sellers list. But you've got to write reviews. All, everyone who writes Steve, reads Stephen King books, they all write a review. I just need a couple of reviews. Okay? Uh, you can order the book by going to HebsyOnSports.com and clicking where it says, Buy the Book. I love that. That little tab there. Oh, he's got a book? HebsyOnSports.com. That's the one. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode of the show very, very shortly. Until then, so long for now.